Well, welcome back to I'd Rather Be a Pair. Uh, after a short what's a, hiatus is hiatus. a good... Or is, or, or is that a plant in my garden that I'm not sure what it is? I'm Dave Bradley. And I'm Frank Watson. Yes. Uh, and uh, we do apologise because we've, we've not done one of late. Uh, basically, because we were so busy, then there was no cricket. Frank went away for three weeks to his private island in the Caribbean. How, did you, how was that? Was that all right? We played a bit of cricket on the beach. No, let, I want to quickly put that one to bed. I did not go to the Caribbean. Uh, I did have a few days in wet Wales, though. So wet Wales, not West Wales, that is. <laughs> but it, it, it's 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 nice to be back, and uh, we're actually recording this at New Road uh, on a, a slightly dull morning. Actually, it's it's it, I tell you, it's a bit end of season. Is it the weather wise? It is, and it's still August, isn't it? For one more day, uh, we're on the second day of the the game against Sussex here. Um, yeah, it does feel a little bit end of season, and um, I was hoping that these last. Three or four games might see a bit of September sunshine, so fingers crossed for the next few games. Yeah. Uh, which, of course, uh, we shall be uh, covering on BBC Hereford Muster. Uh, and uh, we've, got to, we've got a guest for you this morning. Uh, Mr. My very good friend, Mr Frank Watson, will tell you all. Uh, there's the trolley going by. Yeah, you can't, it doesn't matter what time of day you do these things, you can't get away from the trolley. Yeah, our guest is Dean Headley, uh, once of this parish, a uh, former pupil of mine at RGS Worcester, way back in the uh, in the 80s uh, probably found fame in the in the county game and indeed in the test game in the 90s uh, and retired at, just at the end of the 90s uh, match referee for this game and he's agreed to have a chat with us and just see him walking across the uh, the ground towards us now and uh, he'll be joining us shortly I was trying to remind him yesterday of when we were playing down at Kent once, he dragged us along to somebody's benefit quiz. I can't remember who, neither of us could remember whose quiz it was or what it was or who won it. So there we are. We, both our memories are going. He might tell us in a minute. Uh, just a little, for listeners who, who don't remember him playing here, just a little bit of uh, info on Dean's career. Started at Worcestershire. Things didn't really work out for him here. We might be able to find out why in a minute. And then he went to Middlesex, had a couple of years there at Middlesex, but it was really when he went to Kent that his career took off and uh, he got into the England side and took a test hat-trick and took a world record three hat-tricks in one season at one stage in his career. So lots to talk about with Dean. OK, uh, so Dean's joined us now. Uh, great to see you back here at Worcester, Dean. And some people listening might not know that your career as a professional actually started here when you left the grammar school and came onto the staff here. Didn't quite work out. What would you put that down to? I'd just grown a lot then... Um... <clears throat> It, I, I suffered a lot of injuries, which I'd say they're injuries. They were they were just growing pains, so it was um, it was just hard for me to stay on the field. Which then, you know, ultimately we we'll start to make a choice, and they chose uh, I wouldn't go any further. We'll have to hang on a minute because the the, 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 the nine twenty three trolley is just just going by. <laughs> Ubiquitous trolley, yeah. Yeah, it just goes up and down. We reckon if we were here at two o'clock in the morning, that trolley would be going by. Right, carry on, Jabs. Dean, I remember personally being around at that time and, and you, you say you had those growing pains and, and there was a there was a bit of a sort of misconception, wasn't there, that you that you, you didn't like hard work. Yeah, um and I think that was um that stayed with me really because obviously throughout my career if you speak to my captains, they knew I liked hard work. You know, to be a fast bowler, you've got to have a lot of heart. Um, you have more bad days than you have good days uh, or average days. And so, remember, on my on my debut, I took 
a wicket with my first championship ball. Then I got five wickets in my championship. Walking off, and Angus Fraser says, "Good luck. It's all downhill from now on." Um, <laughs> and, a happy chap, Angus. <laughs> yeah, and 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 what he meant was that your career doesn't depend on your good days. It depends on what you do with your average days now, how much you fight. And I've, I've taken that for the, my, my whole career. Probably um, made me bowl more overs than I should have. Um, and, you know, bowlers didn't get looked after as much as they did uh, as they do today. Yeah, we might come on to that a bit later. So after Worcester, brief spell at Middlesex. Yeah, I had a, had a year actually. Clive Lloyd helped me get a prone job in the Northern uh, South Cheshire League at a, a place called Leasit, a uh, proper small club. Uh, after four weeks, worked out that eight of them were related, um, <laughs> and and I had a successful season. To eight, eight, I got 800 runs, 81 wickets. Went for trials at Somerset Derby, a Middlesex two-hour net. That was all. That's all it was, and they all offered me two-year contracts. And then two years at Middlesex, in and out of the side, did well. Obviously, international studied side, um, and then I made the move to Kent. That's where your career really took off at Kent. Yeah, it was. That's where I started to grow into my body properly. So I remember 23, Dale Foster, the Australian coach, said to me, you know, you're never going to have enough pace to really, really rely on just just pace. And um, and then I went away that winter and came back at 24 with two yards quicker. And that was a game changer for me. And um, happiest, happiest time of your career those years at Kent? Yeah, really well supported down there. You know, they 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 do love their own players, and um, they're a bit one-eyed down there, Dean. I have to say they are, but the one eye was on me, so it was all right. <laughs> yeah, um, and and obviously then you know England recognition, and and really, and if you look at the stats, although your England career was short, fifteen Test matches, sixty wickets in those fifteen Test matches. That's that's pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I got left out, I think, five times in that. So um, England were always looking for the, um, you know, that, that sort of pick instead of just being consistent. So for me, central contracts was a massive thing for English cricket and very underplayed by a lot of people from the outside. The consistency of selection and knowing that you've been backed has huge factors on your performance. But actually, it was only really 14 tests because there's one test match that I didn't bat, bowl or field in, which was a Jamaica test match. Um, That's a shame, really, as well, for you being, yeah, you know, yeah, with your so Jamaican heritage, isn't well, it? Yeah, it would have been Headley coming in from the Headley yeah, end, yeah. Uh, which would have been great. Um, following your professional career, which obviously we're going to come back to in a few minutes, you have gone into coaching and really more recently in teaching at Stamford School. Just tell me how you find that compared to cricket. Um, I don't think anything will ever replace cricket in the sense of, you know, your playing days. So it's sort of weird. You have most people grow into their more successful life as they get older. Cricketers have their successful life earlier, which is why so many people struggle when they come out of the game. So I did 10 years in industry. I didn't go near cricket for four years after I finished. Um, Defensive mechanism, probably. Didn't realise it. And then as I got older, I realised how, how important cricket was in my life. And and I gave up my job in advertising and decided that didn't have a job to go to, but I had to get back to cricket. And private school was one of the places that I'd, I thought of first. And how have you found Stamford? 
Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, it's a connection that you have with the kids. I mean, we're sitting here now, you know what, God, 35 years on. How many? How many? And obviously I knew you playing cricket before I went to the grammar school. Um, and that, that, is a, that is a big part of everything. It's, um, and then you realise actually the connections and the effects that you have on, you, on the kids that you, you teach. Sometimes they don't like you very much when you're, when you're at school and then they actually appreciate that most of the things that you do is all centred on them. Um, final thing before we move on to some quick-fire questions. A lot of people listening. Well, we, a, a couple of people listening. One or two people listening. We'll, we'll remember. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have been watching cricket here at New Road, not just when you were here, but when your dad played here. Um, just tell us how he is. He's good. Um, he's he's uh, 81 now. Um, he's a bit more that's, bow. That's impossible that Ron Edley is 81. Well, he's doing shit. He's he's a little bit more bow-legged and um, loves his cricket. Um, I mean, I love cricket, but he loves it on a different level to what I do. Um, and and he just constantly watching it, and it will never leave him. I remember, and when training wasn't a huge thing when Ronnie played in the early sixties, but he was the, he was the one person running round and round here. Yeah, he used to jog. Yeah, yeah. Which in those days they didn't jog at all. Right. <laughs> he didn't have Jack and Len following him, did he? No, no, no definitely not. <laughs> right, Dean. Quick fire questions. You can't spend too long answering these. Just want you to. You've got a minute or so for each one. Maybe a bit longer, but just sort of off the top of your head, snap answers. Cricket. You peaked in the 90s. Better then or better now? Um, I would have. I would not trade to play today. Um, just because we probably there was no camera phones, we probably had more fun. Um, I'm not saying <laughs> no the, match referees. I, I, no match referees. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that today's players don't have fun, but um, let's say the shackles are off. Yeah. Okay. Next question: Red ball or white ball? Red ball. Reasons? Reasons? Well, I'm a bloody bowler to start <laughs> off with. So, uh, you know, getting a crick in my neck, watching the ball disappear do, over the boundaries. You look at the white ball game sometimes these days and think, you know, where can you bowl? Apart from Yorkers again, which have sort of come back in, where can you bowl and not get hit? The bats seem like tennis rackets as well, don't they? Well, they are. I mean, things have improved. The play, players have got stronger, they're fitter. They're, they work more on striking technique as well, how far they can hit it. However, one thing that we are losing, we are losing batting technique against Red Bull. Um, it's one leads into the other. You can't. I'm not sure how long you can go at trying to play at all three formats. So a bit like rugby, when Rugby Sevens first came in, um, loads of people played both codes. So it was just rugby. Now you have Sevens rugby players. You have, yeah. and uh, two different skill sets. Yeah. Uh, your greatest ever moment on the field, hat trick. Um, I've had a few, uh, three hat tricks in, in one year. I know. Three, yeah. three in one year. Nick Knight would have made it four, but he shelled it. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not, not you're bitter about it. No, 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 no. I'm a great, great slip catcher. So uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, he still owes me a few pints and that. Um, people talk about Melbourne, but the best over bowled was at Sydney, the Test match yeah, after. Yeah. For me, if if I'm looking at my best performance in my career, it'd be Sydney. Um, funniest cricketing memory? That's a difficult one off the top of your head. Uh, there's a couple. Um, so funniest cricketing memory, um, there's a lad called Walsh. He was 12th man 
for, for Kent and a uh, young lad, summer contract, he came in, Canterbury, Canterbury week, first day, great and the good are there, brilliant day. Um, when you say one-eyed, that is probably one-eyed. <laughs> and um, he came in and Steve Marsh, the captain, he just said, look, you know, Walsh, you've done, you've done 12 man at, at cricket before. Um, it's no different doing it for the second team, doing it for the first team. If Dino wants lunch or Macca wants lunch, when they're bowling, bring them up, drinks for the batsmen, gloves for the batsmen, right. Now, you remember in pre-season that we said that we weren't going to take a step backwards on the field? He says, yeah. He says, um, well, have you watched cricket in Australia? He says, yeah. He says, well, you know when the drinks come out, what do they do? And he says, well, they bring out the Gatorade cart. He says, well, we, um, we've ordered one. It ain't turned up. But we're not taking a step backwards. What car do you drive? <laughs> so he's got this beating old hatchback of a Fiesta. He says, what car do you drive? Oh, Fiesta. He says, that'll do. Forget all about it. 12 o'clock, next to the committee room. Advertising boards, advertising boards move, and he drives his car <laughs> 20 yards away from the pitch and just says, "What do you want? Energy bar, whatever." <laughs> just like committee wanted to sack him, and uh, and the other one was uh, Phil Edmonds coming out of retirement. Phil Edmonds, um, <laughs> Phil Tufnell got appendicitis, so we're having a chat. Middlesex change room, star stud. You got Embry, Gatton, Fraser, all of them. And they go, "Well, what about Henry?" You know, we'll get him out of retirement and play for five years. Take him on the bus to, well, not a bus. We drive drive down to Trent Bridge. Trent Bridge, star-studded side as well. Um, bowls first session, takes four wickets. After lunch, comes out. And he's like, you know, he used to stand at slip and sort of like waddle along and then set himself. He's like shaking his head and he's like, and his lips are going like this. And Paul Weeks says to me, he's drunk. He can't be drunk. Anyway, he heard us talking, and he's an aggressive English sapper. And um, he starts shouting at us on the field. I'm not kidding you now. Gatting asked him to move at mid-on, mid-off or mid-on, to the right. And if you can imagine Del Boy going through the bar in Only Fools and Horses... <laughs> He just went and went, bang, <laughs> hit the floor. What's happened? He was so worried about his hamstrings and his back, he'd popped 12 distal desics, which are really strong. So if we had half of one, we'd be out of it. He popped 12 of them in a session and could not stand up. And then they picked him out for the drugs test, and in the end they just said, look, are you going to play first class cricket again? And he went, no. Nah. He said, right, OK. OK, brilliant. Quick one, uh, this one. Best story. batsman you ever bowled against? Lara. OK, that was easy. Quickest bowler you've ever faced? Uh, I think it's always the situation. So people talk about fast bowlers, but um, Donald was one after Bumble had given me... Well, Bumble's tactics in the Test match, I think it was on England in the 90s, and he said to me, uh, well, we're going to take, take him out of the series. When he comes into bat, you're going to bomb him. So I did. Dominic Court next over, comes up, rocks up, knocks his stumps out, <laughs> didn't bounce him. Right, He went ballistic, walking the change room, putting off my boots. England, half an hour to bat. 10 minute change over, 20 minutes to bat. Dino, night get the pads on, <laughs> night watchman. Even Mark Nicholas on commentary said, I don't think Donald's trying to get Headley out. He absolutely peppered me 
And that was probably the worst situation I've had batting. Excellent. You don't get that anymore, do you? Now, because that that the, the fast bowlers union's gone, isn't it? So you, you could you, like, the thing with Jimmy Anderson and Bumrah the other day. Anybody can get peppered now, can't they? Well, the thing with Jimmy the other day happened all the time. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen as much. Yeah. Not you mean the, in terms of not the in targeting terms of that maybe bowling ab- longer over than they need to. A- absolutely, targeting yeah. doesn't happen yeah. so much. Uh, okay, quick one. Biggest influence on your career. Dad, I, I would say I would say my dad, but then beyond that, um, the people who have been around me in my career—you know, um, not trying to make your head any bigger—but no. people uh, playing cricket, Old Hill, um, Pete Bagley, um, people like Barry Reese—you know, everybody's played a part in me growing up, and even 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 the sucking. Or getting released from here has played a part. So, I just believe there's many, many different things that go along your journey, and um, I'm thankful for, for everybody. Interesting that you say that. Tied into that, maybe this is something we've talked about, Brad, as before, Have we? with 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 Brett Dolivera yes. and yeah. and the family. Yeah. Does having a famous name make it easier, open some doors, or does it make it harder because it puts pressure on you? I think external influences it can make it harder. I'm. I'm, I haven't been that affected by it. Um, one, I bowled, so that probably helped. And I did bat when I was a kid, but then grew and struggled with my batting a little bit. Um, I think the influence from my dad was very clear because he'd been through it, that you're your own person yeah. and you just get on with it. So I've always, I mean, I went in the Birmingham League four, four years after we retired out of it. People tried to have a go at me because trying to get at him. Again, makes you tougher makes you stronger um, I've never seen it as uh, a negative well, I think, and going back to the Birmingham League I think it's fair to say that in, in the Birmingham League because of your dad I mean you played for two or three clubs Dudley, Stourbridge, Old Hill but I mean the Headley name in the Birmingham League is held in high regard really rather than, more than anything else isn't it? All three of us have played so um, George, my dad and I played for Dudley I played for Old Hill um, um, my dad played for Old Hill. It, it was a tough league and um, a great grounding. Um, at the time, I wasn't probably good enough to play in it. Um, you know, Old Hill nurtured me into it. Um, but I did leave at 18 and, and 19 and then go in and played uh, as a pro somewhere else. One thing, Brad, is that I might say here, well, I'm, you know, it's easy for us, isn't it, knowing what we're talking about here, knowing about Ron and about... George Headley and so on, but I mean, we have one or two listeners who maybe are a bit younger. Just find out about George Headley, you oh, know? Yeah, just there's, yeah, there's so just go- Google it. Google yeah. it. Go on Wikipedia. Um, this is we're talking about Dean's grandfather, often known as the Black Bradman, but his record. I mean, I, I remember years ago doing some research into him, just finding out a little bit about him. His record was amazing. His record in England was incredible, and his record in England on on bad pitches. In a, in, a poor te- in a poor team as well. I think uh, some of the Aussies did a comparison between him and Bradman and they said there was no better player on a bad wicket yeah. than him. Um, but the thing is, the longevity. So he played 22 tests that spanned from, what, 
probably 1927 to 1954. So it's not a purple patch you're going through. This is this is like, and actually the war probably cost him his best years. Did he jog? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what he did do. He used to swim a lot. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Used to swim. Brilliant. Right, last one, last two actually. One best captain you ever played under. Oh, all different. Um, I think Mark, Mark Benson, my Kent captain, was good. Obviously, I played under Gatting. Um, ate a lot. Um, and then... Uh, jog much, did he? No, but I'll tell you what, the middle six changed me when I went into it. My God. When you talk about hostile, but do you know what it was? It was pure honesty. There was no grudges held the next day, but boy, did they go at each other and demand excellence. Um, NASA... NASA for me was probably the one who knew me the best, who I've probably forged a really tight relationship with. But then again, Alex Stewart, Atherton, I've got great relationships with them. Um, and I think they appreciate me as a cricketer because there were other people in England who had better skills than me. I, when people ask me about bowling, I'm quite very simple with it. It's like, I used to try and find where the batsman didn't know whether to play backwards or forwards, and I naturally nipped the ball back. So it gave me a, a good variation that I didn't have to work too hard for. And that's as simple as it got. When I used to stand next to Caddy and Malali, I used to think, they're in a different planet. Um, and, and a lot of it was based on just sheer, give me the ball, and I'll have a go. It's interesting you say that because I've read a quote there where NASA said the best thing about Dean was if if you said bowl, he wanted to bowl. And that wasn't always the case with the others. Well, I don't know about the other. I can't talk about other bowlers. But, you know, I always used to look at it. Every spell was the start of a new, new, new um, opportunity. So let's say in this game a young bowler's bowling and um, he's gone at five and over in his first six overs. What's the difference between starting your next new spell in a new game to start in the next time you ask for the ball? It's inevitable that your next chance to bowl is an opportunity. It is not a time to say no. Great way of looking at it. Final question. Big question this, Dean. Big question. This is going to trouble you. Oh, the bag is going up again. Well, we are boing-boing, and we, <laughs> we, uh, we have got a bit of a bungee rope, and uh, hopefully they will. It might not be pretty, but... Uh, Hopefully we get there. Dean, absolutely fantastic to see you. Thank you very much. Great. Thanks, mate. Well, there we are. Thank you very much to uh, to Dean Headley for coming and have a chat with us on a bit of a chilly morning, to be honest. Uh, what a fascinating character. And uh, we'll be back soon with another. I'd rather be a pair. <laughs>